if we can't have our presence level in our daily life, then we're not going to have that presence level in the bedroom. Because the sex is important, our sexuality, doesn't matter if that's with self or with another, is important and it's something that that we have to be present with and we have to tune into our bodies, but it's also something that's practiced. We don't just jump into presence all of a sudden. It is something that we must practice and come back to again and again. And so if you're only doing that in the bedroom, then that creates a disconnect and you are, you're cutting yourself short really when it comes to your sexuality and your sensuality. Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Cramblett, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Her Drive Podcast. I'm super excited because we are diving into one of my favorite topics, and it's happening in the month of February, which everyone associates with Valentine's Day. So I'd like to welcome Addison Bell, who is a sex and relationship coach um, with a focus on practitioning. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Yeah. Month of February. We're going to talk about relationships, sex, all that stuff so associated with with the month of love. (laughs) Well, I'm pumped to have you, Addison. Um, We met at a, uh, I think it was a full moon or the new moon ceremony like a few months ago. And I pretty much... When I see a person or a thing that I really like or I'm super curious about, I basically attack them and I feel like that's what I do. <laughs> you did not attack me, but your vibe, I was, I actually was going over towards you because you had like such a high vibe and I was loving it and I was like, I need to know that person. And then you came over and you're like, I need to know more about what you do. I need to know more about what you do. And so we just clicked. It was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, it, it was really cool. And then we met later, um, a few months later, uh, to have some coffee. And I got to know Addison a bit more. And I just thought she would be an amazing guest for for her drive and fits right into the her drive family. So, um, you know, without wasting any more time, um, Addison, can you kind of like walk us through like your beginning and how it led you to what it is that you do now? So uh, first, I actually want to talk about that I'm just, I'm a tantric practitioner, which I think people hear that word and they they freak out. They go, oh my goodness, she just talks about sex. And I, I do talk a lot about sex and relationships, but tantric practitioner just means that I, I help people weave everything together. And how it really started for me was that um, when I was very young, I had a really bad eating disorder from the time I was 10 up until my early, early 20s. Um, it was really, it was quite a journey. And so I went actually into, I got my master's in counseling. I got several master's in counseling. And then I uh, found that I was working in as a therapist and I was loving it. And I was healing myself at the same time as really really growing um, into my business and growing into uh, being a therapist. But then I found that in my own healing, I really was missing this greater piece of 
healing my sex. And so I was in my early 20s and I was like, I need to heal my sex because it was the one little, little thing that was holding me back. I was so hungry and hungry in so many different ways. I had so many different desires I was not allowing myself to tap into and not just sexual desires. I was just hungry. And so it was the last little string that was holding me back in truly healing myself, truly moving forward and expanding myself. And then I met my mentor coach and she, it was like a earth angel kind of walked in to Starbucks on that day. And, um, I knew that Tantra was the path for me. I knew that I needed her teachings. And so from that point forward, I did a lot of my own work. I really dove into my own sexuality and, and, or also just making my life orgasmic Mm. within self, like, like really learning to love my body at a deeper level than just accepting my body and also loving all the desire and the little moments of orgasm we experience throughout the day from the sun hitting us to the laughter that we experience with friends and relationships, you know, also too that those moments that we do experience with partners. And so I did my own healing work. And at one point, I was working as an eating disorder therapist at that point because I had I had been in recovery for uh, many years. And so I was doing my therapy work and I got laid off because we didn't have a good enough census. And at that point, I had already started a little bit of my coaching practice. I already started really working with people um, in sex and relationships, but also from a tantric perspective of really intertwining all aspects of their lives. And so I got laid off and I was like, I'm going full force here. I'm, I'm done playing small. I'm done holding back. I have such a drive and such a passion for this that I have to just, just give it my all. I have to give it a chance. I have to give it the breathing room it needs to develop. And so that's really where I came to it. And then since then, I just continue to to grow it and expand it. And it, I find new pieces of my business that I love each and every day. And I really, uh, each year, my business grows more and expands more and I grow more in love with it and more aligned to it. Um, so my business and my life are really intertwined. Like I do not separate them of like, this is my business life and this is my personal life. I live what I teach and I teach what I live. <laughs> like I, I, it really is one big integrated life. I don't separate all that out. So. Wow. That's magical. And I think that's the dream for most of us is to, to have that type of relationship, with our work and our life, but not everybody gets do that right unfortunately no unfortunately not but I think you can find your passions in life even if you can't at this point you know if it's not going to be financially you know sustainable you can still dive into those passions and dive into those things that turn you on in your life oh that kind of get the engine rolling (laughs) yeah of course well um kind of bring it back to kind of the beginning of you discovering uh, that you needed to heal your sex like what was you said you'd had an eating disorder and then you know you kind of evolved from there like can you kind of describe what you were feeling and what you were going through and and how healing your sex ultimately 
what that felt like and, and how it led you into wanting to become uh, a Tantra practitioner. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I, I had the gam, I ran the gamut of eating disorders. So I had everything from binge eating. I had bulimia to anorexia. And in truth, I was trying throughout that period of my life, I really was trying to kind of starve away any desire. I was trying to, to really shove down any desire, any hunger. And that included any hunger for sex, for sensuality. It's not always about sex, but the sensuality. And I had so much shame and trauma from my past and growing up that I just didn't want to look at. And I found that I had a relationship with my eating disorder and I was making love to my eating disorder. I was not making love to another person because there was always somebody else in the middle of that. And so I did my actual eating disorder work. So I got into what I would, I became what I would call recovered at that point. But then I found like I was still hungry. There was still a hunger down inside me that I was just not filling, was just not filling. And my relationships weren't working. And I actually was sex avoidant. I was very anorgasmic. So I, there was, I was not having orgasms. I didn't want to have sex. I was really cutting this piece of my life off. And then I looked at what I wanted to do in my life. And I wanted good, deep relationships. I wanted those relationships I saw around me. And I wanted to be able to eventually have the opportunity to have children if I desired. And I wanted the opportunity to have you know, the good, passionate sex that we do see and know myself at that level. And so I, I really just went and I searched um, out my my mentor at the time, um, now my colleague, Bestie, and, um, and I, I told her all of this because at the time I was really physically shut down too. It wasn't just a I was emotionally shut down to sex. I was physically shut down as well. Like, um, I had, I had pain when I had sex. It was bad. It was, it was not a good situation at all. Uh, and so really I sought her out just wanting to be able to have sex so I could keep a relationship. And that was the goal. And then this whole new world just opened up of, as I started to do the work of feeling and desiring and hungering and just like, again, that, that engine kind of reeling. And I was just like, I want this, I want this. And I, I saw her life and I was like, I want that. Now that was where I started. And now I'm like, I don't want her life. I want my life. But Mm. I think we sometimes have to look at others and go, okay, they have something that I'm craving and I'm desiring. And I see that, that piece of them in me. And I want to develop that. And that's that's really why I dove into Tantra because um, it was so all encompassing and it fit um, it fit with where I was at the time. And then I just learned to love it as well. Those, well, and for those who don't are unfamiliar with Tantra, can you kind of describe what that is? So Tantra is it it really literally means a tool to weave and. 
we have different kind of uh, segments of Tantra and there is like the new age Tantra, which a lot of people do focus in on the sex, but Tantra is not about sex. Tantra is about weaving the mind, body, the spirit together, taking our shadow with our light, really connecting in a spiritual way, but also staying very present in our bodies and this and the moment. So, that also incorporates our sex. And that's really why it gets such a reputation for being all about sex is because it's one of the few spiritual practices that really brings in our sex and really encourages our sex to open us up to our shadow, our light, all the different pieces that are within us. And so that really is how I view and practice Tantra. You could ask another tantric practitioner and they would say something slightly different, but that is my, my, uh, practice as far as how I work with my clients. Amazing. And if, if someone were to work with you, like what, what are the steps or, or what's the process that you put them through? So I'm actually very individualized in my process, but it always starts with a coming to self, a connecting with self. Um, so through eye gazing or looking, even looking at our, our thoughts and our belief systems, because in truth, we can't really connect with our energy at that deeper level. If we have all these thoughts and belief systems, which belief systems are really just practice thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, but we can't get to, to that deeper level of energy unless we've cleared some of that out. So I really do some talking because I do find that the thoughts are important. The beliefs are are vital, but I also focus a lot on the energy and feeling and really sensing and getting a client in their bodies, really getting them them focused in on on each moment and all the different sensations we experience throughout the day, and also noting the points of sensation that I would call or are orgasmic throughout our day. Like I said earlier, like the sun even just hitting us on our skin on a beautiful day. Like that is an orgasmic sensation. That is a sensation and tuning into that sensation. So it's actually quite multi-leveled in how I work with somebody. I have somebody usually working body, mind, and spirit all at the same time. Wow. It sounds like so amazing. And I feel like I live a pretty orgasmic life and really enjoy yeah. um, you know, like the sun hitting you or just like I have um, this really charming apartment where there's a it's two story and there's a chandelier that hangs. And when the sun is just right in the mornings, the um, the there's prisms on the upstairs and the downstairs, like all over. And my house is really magical. And I love meditating in that moment and just like really with my eyes closed or just like sitting there and basking in the glory of those little prisms all over. Um, and to me, that's very, it's, it's an orgasmic experience. That's non-sexual. That sounds so magical. That sounds mm-hmm. so magical. Really and the is. fact that you can tune into that is, is incredibly magical and also rare. Most people don't stop and have the presence level at that level. Um, and in truth, if we can't have our presence level, in our daily life, then we're not going to have that presence level in the bedroom because the sex is important. Our sexuality doesn't matter if that's with self or with another is important. And it's something that 
that we have to be present with and we have to tune into our bodies, but it's mm. also something that's practiced. We don't just jump into presence all of a sudden. It is something that we must practice and come back to again and again. And so if you're only doing that in the bedroom, then that creates a disconnect and you are, you're cutting yourself short really when it comes to your sexuality and your sensuality. And if someone doesn't have um, a partner to connect with or say someone is non-orgasmic, like what's the best way for them to, to tune into themselves? Should they start outside the bedroom first or in the bedroom? Like how do you, how would you guide them? So each person is really different. Um, it's going to de- a little bit depend on kind of where their blockages are. But my, in a generic way, I would say I would start actually outside the bedroom, just getting present in the moments and tuning into their bodies. Um, not necessarily in the bedroom, but taking a second and breathing into their genitals and like feeling the energy that that is housed in our genitals and that power and the creativity because you have to first connect with that area. Um, And Mm -hmm. then moving it into, yes, connecting from a sexual standpoint with your body, but not going for straight up general connection, maybe touching your leg, feeling the sexual energy when you maybe stroke your hair you know, and going slow and focusing in on breath. I don't believe that you have to have a partner to practice Tantra or to be sensual. Mm. I yeah, teach my I, clients that all the time. I have lots of clients that are are single and I'm like, no, you don't have to have a partner to to tune into your sex. You can do that all by yourself. Yeah, you talk about moving slowly. I, you know, use oils uh, to moisturize my body, and I usually rub them in very slow. And you know, once they're soaked in, I, and if I'm laying in bed by myself, I just like to like stroke my arm and just like pet myself and tickle my own little senses. And I have a, a beautiful, gorgeous partner who I get to see quite often. Um, but when I'm alone, I, I like touching me. Yeah, and I think most. Most of America does not like touching their body. We're taught that to kind of rush through and not really connect with our own bodies. I have a very similar practice in the morning with touching my own body and, you know, blow drying my hair naked and really looking at myself and and seeing seeing my physical body, but also feeling like that sexual energy that comes up in me, but just slowing down as well. we don't slow down in our lives a lot of times or in our sex. (laughs) Well, you are um, someone who practices what you preach. So can you dive into a bit more what your daily, weekly, monthly structures or rituals are? Sure. I would love to. Um, Some people have rituals like every day. Others have them like they do this. My my life is really – housed in ritual. I, I have a ton of rituals. So every morning I start out with trying to just get myself in a very grateful and aligned place. So I start with a gratitude practice before I even get out of bed. It's a gratitude prayer. I throw up a couple gratitudes, you know, to God and I get out of bed and then I listen to a positive meditation and then usually I will go to the bath 
to the bathroom and like do my self-care practices. So I will, I'll do the self-touching and I do an eye gazing, which is only like a minute or two in the mirror with self. And I just send myself some love in that moment to start the day. Mm. And then usually I'll, I'll, I move into other things like yoga and my journaling and my, uh, my journaling is actually a massive practice. I journal almost every day. Um, manifestation journaling. And so I go in and I just write what I want to create in my world, what will be created, not even a want, what will be created in my world, what I'm calling in. And that also has a gratitude practice. I have a huge focus on gratitude in my world, in my own rituals. Um, And then I make sure to take time with my own body and meditating, but also meditating for my sexual energy. So stopping and really taking the time to breathe deep into my genitals, feel all my chakras moving that sexual energy with that comes from the sacral chakra and moving that up our, up my body and really breathing that in and feeling it. Uh, so that is definitely a practice, a ritual. And then I'm always, always, always doing my own personal growth work. I am a personal growth junkie. I Mm -hmm. love looking at my shit because (laughs) it makes me a better person. (laughs) So, and then also looking at my light. So I say like looking at my shit, but it really is looking at just my growth, my expansion, Mm -hmm. but also the things that I'm still growing in because I would never want to coach or somebody, I would not want a healer, a coach, a practitioner that has not done their own work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not done. I don't want to be done in this life. I still have a life to live. And so I want to keep growing. So that is definitely a ritual. I do some form of personal growth work, whether that's new journal prompts, whether that's a course I'm taking something to expand myself each and every day. Mm, that's so beautiful. Um, so. what, um, what did your friends and family you're like, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing because this is going to be special. <laughs> so, uh, in truth, my, f- I had my like old friends cause there really is like my pre business and then like post business, my pre business friends were like, we have no clue what you're doing at us. And why would you do that? Why would you want to talk about sex? Why would you why, what's up with all these like spiritual practices? Like you're crazy, you're crazy. And my family didn't understand at first. They really did not understand. I got a lot of flack. Um, I went from like good girl status to like, what has happened to our child status (laughs) and our sister? And they just didn't understand because I think there is so much misinformation about sex coaching and tantra practitioners and things like that. But they eventually have come around and they're very, very supportive now. But I think it did take them a little bit of understanding kind of where I was coming from and what I was teaching and that I wasn't, you know, out there, you know, doing anything illegal. I was, I was really just trying to help people expand into themselves. And then I did have my, I was blessed to have, um, one or two friends that were really supportive of my business from the very beginning and really helped me grow. Um, I always say that I stand on the shoulders of my giants 
They were mm-hmm. those those earth angels that came into my life at the right time that that were given to me and that I couldn't have done it without them because I needed their inspiration. You know, I needed I needed their support at that point in my life. And so I definitely had a couple of my my own personal giants, earth angels that um, really led me through and really gave me the support and told me I could do it and that they saw something in me. And I, that's really the, the main support they gave me was, you know, you've got this, you've got, you know, you've got several master's degrees, you, you've been a therapist for years, like, you got this girl. And like, kind of just giving me that, that, like, that little pat on the back and that little just umph of confidence to start something that was completely, and I mean, completely out of my box. And was it really rewarding to like, just completely take a leap into this new space and dive into a whole nother world? So it was very rewarding, but it, I I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat things either. It was scary as fuck. Like it was really scary, but it gave me that excitement because I knew I was being called there. So I had all the, I had these mixed emotions of like, I did, I had this fear and this ego rising up, but I also was so excited and I was so passionate and it was incredibly rewarding to see the, the massive amount of growth I made when I just decided to step in and to live what I was being called to do and to give up like really the fear and the doubt and to just live, to just live and trust self that I, I knew where I was going and that in my opinion, spirit had my back and I wasn't going to do it wrong. I wasn't going to do it wrong as long as I was truly mm-hmm. tapped into myself. It, I wasn't, I couldn't fail. I would learn something. Even if, if the business failed, even if it flopped, I still wouldn't have failed as a person because I would have stepped out. So I really held on to that and it really was exciting, but it was nerve wracking, but so rewarding. I look back now and I'm like, it it's been so incredibly rewarding to, watch my business expand and grow and to really be able to touch so many people's lives, both in person and online, and to really connect with some beautiful souls. Um, I have so, I got so much more out of being a coach than I ever did as being a therapist. And that's my personal like reward. I think that there are beautiful therapists out there that get so much out of their work. But for me, I wanted to be able to show up authentically and share my story and sit with a client and cry and be like, I get you, girl, or dude, it's going to be okay. I've been there, you know, and to really kind of get down in the dirt with them. Um, And for me, being a coach has been, been incredibly rewarding. And along that path, like what were some of the major roadblocks that you came up against and how did you navigate around them? So I think one of the roadblocks was, was myself. It really was my own self-confidence. And that's, I think that's an ever, ever growing thing. Like we don't, we're not like confident and then we're confident for the rest of our lives. I think it's a, as we grow and expand and change, um, that's always a roadblock that can can jump into our path. 
And so definitely my, my confidence was the biggest roadblock I faced, especially at the very beginning. Um, and then also just criticism. I got a ton of criticism at the very beginning, and that was a roadblock. I allowed it to be a roadblock. I gave my power to that, that outside criticism. Um, and then I think another roadblock really was, was me stepping into myself at an even deeper level because I think you can jump and then there's still things you're holding mm. back from doing you're like okay I'll jump here but I'm not gonna live like an example would be like I'm gonna jump here but I'm not gonna live stream because you know that would be too much that would be too intense that would you know nobody wants to see that and so kind of second guessing mm. self or you know I'm not gonna put a course together so I think I found my myself doubting and, and creating my own roadblocks. Um, plus I think when you're starting a business, like finances can be a roadblock too. Um, and then I also found at one point I found a roadblock where I had actually gotten very sick for a, for like a year, year and a half. Um, I had a virus and it really kicked my butt, really, really kicked my butt and had me down and out. And I had to spend a lot of time in bed and, and it was really hard to kind of navigate that with a new business and really growing that business. Um, and so that was a bit of a roadblock, but it was also something that I was like, okay, here's a challenge. It, I see the block, but I'm going to push through it because I want this business and I'm not going to let me being sick take that away from me. Like this is something I've worked really hard for and I'm going to push through. And so that was definitely um, a massive roadblock at one point as well. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing and thank you for pushing through because, you know, the world needs your work and, and I greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm curious what your experience has been when working with men versus working with women. And I know like everyone's different, but like in general, is there, are there some like major differences? I don't think there are there are massive differences in that I think people come to me and they want they want better sex they want a better life they want to grow and expand um I think the programs are very different that we pull that men pull in versus women pulling in I think I deal with a lot more shame and body stuff and um outward trauma I would say outward trauma from women at first where men, they have their trauma. Uh, and I think they are really working to navigate this female empowerment world while still maintaining their, what I would consider divine masculine, still staying in their masculine mm -hmm. power while still honoring their female partner and not, and, mm -hmm. and I think that's can be a, a challenging um, challenging field right now in today's world. Yeah, totally. I like to talk about her drive as kind of each woman's individual road trip through life. And when you're looking uh, through the windshield of, of your life and and seeing what's ahead, like what are you what are you seeing billboards for? What's exciting and it's coming up? So I think what's really exciting and it's coming up is 
I want to help even more people. I do a lot of one-on-one work and I have some online courses, but I want to take that even bigger into like some group coaching online. And I see that. I see being able to help so many more people in a more financially um, doable way. I really want to get the message out there. I have a book also that I am working on that I cannot give the title to quite yet out, but it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I really see that book and then this group coaching really out there in my future. Um, And I also see an integration. So I started about a year or two ago, mixing a modality into my practice that is, um, it's called psychodrama. Sorry, I just stuttered on that. It's called Mm -hmm. psychodrama. And so I take some of the psychodramatic modality and I pull it into the tantric world, which no one else in the United States is doing. And I see that growing huge to retreats and workshops where people really make massive changes using a different part of their brain, really, really putting their life literally on a stage and seeing it play out Mm. and then choosing how they want it to to end or where they want different pieces to go and how they want to change how they look at it. I've done this um, in individual workshops over the last I think it's been a year now and I've seen massive movement in clients and people who have attended their workshops. They'll tell me that they've done this work and it has taken years off of their therapy game or, or really, really transformed or made something click in their mind that they've really been struggling to grasp. So psychomodality, I think I recently learned about this in the body keeps score. Um, is this when people, the, the person who has experienced the trauma picks people in the room to play different roles. Yeah, it's psychodramatic. And kind of yeah, it's psychodrama. And you you pick, you can do it individually, but you also can do it in a, a big group of people. And you pick people to mm-hmm. play different roles um, or you take different props and things and you pull that in, in and you like conquer, we do what we call concretizing certain things. So we'll go like, this is our shame. This person is going to play my shame. And this is what my shame says to me. This is what my sex says to me. This is, this person is Mm going to play my coach. This person is going to play my mother. And there's some interaction Mm -hmm. that goes on and the healing that happens from this is immense. People get the love they never got through this modality, they see, they literally can step out and see what's going on in their world. And it's amazing how they go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that this was actually playing out like this. And so it it really is, is quite amazing. And by the way, I love The Body Keeps Score. That's an amazing book. Amazing book. It was such a, a long time to get through it, um, but it was, it was phenomenal. And I'm not somebody who knows anything about healing people. I'm just curious about it for myself and those understanding those around me. Um, but yeah, it's a great book. Um, another book that you and I had talked about, um, Art of Sexuality. I love that book yes, too. That's a great book. I love that book. That's a beautiful book. Um, for men, I love uh, David Dita, The Way of the Superior Man. So if anybody wants to work with me one-on-one as a man, they have to read that book first or w- while they're like in their first few appointments with me, they have to be reading that book because 
that is um, a very, very pivotal book I see for the masculine. And women, I like to recommend Pussy Reclamation um, because it is really about sexual empowerment for women. So I think that is also a taboo word and it goes through through the entire word and how we came to that word, but it is very much an empowerment book. So any women out there that are looking for a book to really own themselves and their sexual selves, I would recommend that book or the vagina, vagina, a biography by Naomi Wolf. If you're having any sexual issues, it really goes into um, the physiology. So those are my go-to books. I'm a bookworm. I love books. Yeah. Amazing. I love that too. Well, if you were going to go back in time to a younger you to like whisper some words of empowerment or encouragement, uh, at what age would you go back to and what would you say? That's a hard one. (laughs) The what age I would go back to, I think I would have gone back to myself at 10. Honestly, 10 would have been a stage I would have gone back to because I think I was edging into some very traumatic things in my life. And I think if I had had uh, my own voice at that point, I would have kind of made it through a little bit better. Um, And I just would have said, you know, that I, you know, you're worthy, you're beautiful, you know, follow your intuition because I had an amazing intuition and spiritual connection as a child. And I let that go um, in order to be more normal and to, to fit in. Mm. And so I really would have told my younger self at 10 that that is my gift and to really nurture that. Do you have anything else that you would love to, to share? I think I will just want to share that. I don't view us as a whole human without our sexuality. Um, and that if, this is an area you haven't explored to do that because it is so fun and it doesn't have to be the focus of your entire world, but to do the work because it really is so dynamic and it really does open up a, a window into who you are at such a great level. And it can be so rewarding to do this work and move through this work. I don't care if you're married, you're single, it doesn't matter. It is such a pivotal piece of self and that to not disconnect from it. Because if we want to be whole, if we want to be creative and powerful, we must connect with that area of our bodies. Wow. Well said, my dear. Um, Well, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your information. It's been such a pleasure. And where can everyone find more about you and your work and and book you? So I am everywhere. (laughs) You can find me at addisonbell.net or you can like my Facebook page, um, Addison Bell Coach. Um, And it comes up Addison K. Bell. But yeah, so that's where you can find me. Those are the easiest ways to find me and book me or take one of my courses or just really connect. All right. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Addison. Blessings. Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been a pleasure. 
Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Cramblatt. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram, or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and her drive to success.